Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to our groundbreaking short series, The Maternity and Paternity Stories of Fintech. We aim to tell the real journeys the men and women of fintech have embarked on when starting or further growing their families. Today in the world of fintech, more and more companies are realising how important a people-first attitude is, and this is a previously unexplored avenue of that. We're here to learn how we can better support our people and share some great ideas. So welcome Diana Paredes, the CEO and co-founder of Suede Labs. Hiya. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm really excited to have you here today. And I think before we go into the the main topic of today, it'd be great for you just to tell the audience, like, who are Suede Labs and what do they do? Yeah, of course. Um, So Suede, effectively, we're a company that started five years ago here in London. Now we're expanding our geography as well, opening in France and New York. I've seen, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. It's going very well. Um, And what we have been doing for the past few years is literally take data, normalize it, and clean it for the financial industry with a regulatory outlook. So we're a rec tech company. Um, And then what you can do with that data is basically, you know, analytics, reports, computations. Um, We're the most performance system in the market, so it's been a really exciting journey to to get there in terms of really being able to handle Mm. masses and masses of data to do more things with that data. Um, and so in many ways, we think that the opportunity to use the regulation as a way to free the data of the financial industry is something we have demonstrated as part of our journey as mm. well. Mm. That sounds like a, a lot's happened in five years. A lot has happened, That's yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah, thank you. So I can, I can imagine, you know, look, you're, you're a founder, you're CEO, your role, I can imagine, is very varied and it's probably changed over that, those yeah. five years and will dramatically <laughs> change again over the next. Right now, what does your role entail? So being the CEO of a thriving fintech company Mm -hmm. comes with um, a lot of responsibilities, right? So you're a captain of your ship and so you want to make sure that you're you're continuing to navigate carefully. I think it's interesting because obviously when you start a company, um, the opportunity cost in many ways is very little because, you know, there's nothing to break mm. um, when a company does well. That's very true, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you start thinking a bit more, you want to be a bit more careful in the way that you mm. execute um, and at the same time not allow that to remove the agility that made you successful in the first place. Mm. So I think that you're very much, you know, I mean, the stage that I'm at now as a, as a CEO um, is also this kind of, you know, really entering this kind of st- like stage for the platform of being graceful under pressure. You know, so you have the whole wartime CEO reality, which is basically what I was for the first five years. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then you basically enter, you know, an era where things are more mellow in some ways. And so you kind of have to just find a way where you get in the zone, even though you don't have to because you're not at war anymore, mm-hmm. but you're trying to continue navigating your, your your ship properly because you still have to get to destination, right? Which is obviously to do the best with your company. Yeah, yeah. I love, um, 
I love it when people describe things almost visually for me, you know, yeah. and the way that you just said, you know, we're not at war, but we're still navigating the ship. Yeah. We've got to be graceful under pressure. Yeah. I, think, I think those are all things that I'm going to quote, you know, like I, and, and anyone like who I next meet as a client, I'll be in there saying, yes, you know, I have to be graceful under pressure. I'll yeah. steal it. From well, me. I'm glad to do it. It's, uh, you know, the graceful under pressure concept comes a lot from dancing. So it's kind of like a, a thought that's given to, you know, ballerinas and people that way when I was younger I used to dance wow. and it is that concept that you know your whole body like you know the best dancers effectively everything that they do is purposeful mm -hmm. but they have to look graceful yeah, right? yeah. so when something doesn't feel forced but it feels like it's you know like yeah. a movement that is graceful yeah, what a great mantra for anyone in charge of anything. Right? You know? yeah. it's, it's, I love it. I absolutely love it. So when I approached you about this series, because yeah. you've been on my, my Women of Fintech That's series right, before, yeah. when I approached you about this, you, you were immediately interested. And thank you very much for coming on to share your story, because I'm very aware it's a personal one. Um, I, I want you to share with the audience why you reacted so quickly and said, yes, I definitely would be, like, yeah. love to be part of this. I mean, I think it's one, it's a fantastic idea. So well done to you guys to want to, to you know, raise awareness around that. Um, I think that the, the reason that I've become very close to militant around how we need to talk about this, this topic is because actually I realized how little awareness I had around the topic of maternity and paternity before having my own kid. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, when you realize that there is something that maybe you were missing that has been opened your eyes to, you always feel very compelled that, you know, you want to bring everyone along with you to try to see the same things you've been mm. able to see. Um, and so I think that the way, you know, uh, maternity and paternity is described in society is actually not very popular. Mm. Uh, people don't really think that that's something they can really marry and embrace with a successful career. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of women, um, it's uh, above all, you know, we're in London, um, there is a reality that for a lot of career women uh, in a city like here, um, it becomes very much a syn you know synonymous of giving up your career, pretty much, right? And so I think that when when you think about that kind of marketing around you know basically having a family, um, and the reality of what I have experienced, which is basically that it's the best job in the world, um, is something that I really think we need to kind of reconcile as a society. Because mm -hmm. if we don't, we're going to have a lot of people that will basically give up having families because they feel there is a huge compromise. Um, and at the same time, the solution is not to not have families, it's to actually create Absolutely. a society where people can have it all. Yeah, yeah. And I've got to say, at the moment, I've been saying to a lot of people when they question me, uh, anyone who listens to this series regularly will know that I'm pregnant right now. Um, and <laughs> Congratulations, yeah, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Um, and I say to people, I do want it all. And they kind of look at me and shake their heads and yeah. say, almost like, poor you, it's your first, isn't it? You don't realise yeah. it. You know, of course, I'm going to learn throughout this whole process, yeah. but it's something that's really close to my heart. Everything that you've just said, we do have to reconcile this as a society. Yeah. We shouldn't have to make anybody feel they've got to choose between one or the other. Yeah. But that we can work together and together compromise yeah. to, to, make it, to make it all work. That's right. Um, which is why I'm so passionate about this series too. So um, it would be brilliant if you could share your personal journey. Of, of course. So, you know, we were laughing earlier about how, you know, the, it was a bit of like a surprise pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and it's been, you know, I think the obviously the thoughts I had at the time 
about how it was going to be yeah. um, have been just completely tamed by the reality that you know you love the kids so much when <laughs> yeah. when I have a little daughter so when she came out I was like I don't know what I was worried about kind yeah, of thing yeah. um, and so I think that the the you know the apprehension during the, the you know the experience of being pregnant about how my life would change um, was very strong because obviously I was really worried about things like you know what am I going to do career-wise the business is growing there's so many things happening um, you know, obviously, because it was a surprise pregnancy, you know, in the in the roadshow of the year, you get booked to speak at all sorts of events. And so I was booked to speak everywhere uh, to the point that actually I was on stage on the 11th of May speaking, super pregnant, and I gave birth on the 13th. Oh, congrats. So, <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> so people were joking that I might give birth on stage, yeah, which yeah. it could have happened. So she came out like, you know, a, a week earlier. But that's the thing is like, you know, I, I think of like the time back then and how little I knew um, and how you know moments of, of fear you have right about how your life might change and yeah. will you be able to travel and will you be able to do this and will you be able to do that um, and then you know um, I remember the reality of the baby coming out and then how unconditionally you love that little you know munchkin piece that has come <laughs> yeah. out of you and how it makes up for everything. And, and yes. I think that it's a bit like actually having a startup in the sense that people, when they tell you, oh my God, that must be so brave to have your own startup and this and that. And the reality is that I have the best job in the world. I love my company. I love my job. It's been an incredible journey. And you don't think about the, the, the ups and downs in the same way that if you're mm. looking at the story. When you're in it, it's just your life. Yeah. And so... I think being pregnant and having a kid is a bit the same thing. It's like mm. starting a company. Yeah. You basically don't feel the ups and downs because it doesn't matter that you have to, you know, wipe all sorts of gross things from the baby because you love the baby so much. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that that's the the, the piece that is uh, you come out of it with a lot of respect and humility for the reality of life. You mm. know, around how there's so many things that we try to control. And at the end of the day, nature will do whatever it wants. Mm. And I think that that's the, the the really enriching part of being a parent is that it teaches you so much about life and being in the moment and, you know, being graceful under pressure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> being the ballerina at work. Being the ballerina at work yeah. and in your house. I really relate to a lot of what you're saying because... You know, my baby at the moment is is Harrington Star. You know, being one of the founders, of everything right. that we are. Yeah. Um, and you're right. You, you know, Harrington Star this year are going to be ten years old. And I think back to ten years ago in June, uh, myself, Toby Barb, and James Hounslow sat in a room, cold calling clients yeah. to tell them we're a new recruitment agency. Yeah. And we place tech into financial services. You know. That's and really now brilliant. here we are, ten years later. And you know, you, you, you're right. I still remember the trials and tribulations but with you know with hindsight everything is less yeah but even in the moments yeah the as in you it looks it. you handle it right yeah. that's the point is that the when you look from the outside at the story mm. like in a movie right mm. you're like oh god that's like really tough but actually when you're in the movie you get through you just get through yeah. it and like we're as in as, as a human beings are just really a lot more resilient than mm. we than we think yeah right and so so I think parenthood is a lot about that. And I love I love the way you've described that because I think there will be people listening to this um, 
that will be thinking about starting a family and they work yeah. within fintech or um or they've just found out that they're starting a family yeah. and they'll get that fear that we both spoke of, of oh, God, what's <laughs> going to happen to my career and actually you know look if they're hearing us talk about that yeah. you know and you as a ceo of an incredibly successful company you. and you've enjoyed every every step of the way it's just it's really inspirational to hear it. So what I'd love to ask now is like your advice to the fintech community on how we can better support families. Yeah. Um, and um, and I, think every, I think at the moment in fintech, everyone will agree, people first is the way forward. Yeah. Getting company culture is right. And the wonderful thing about fintech, it's all about new ideas. And every challenge actually is, is your, is your excuse to get better. That's yeah. what I love so much about fintech. Every problem is an opportunity in disguise. Yeah. And, and I think that fintech is so ripe at the moment to really make a stand to the things that you're talking about. Yeah. You know, like re reconciling as a society, fintech can really pave the way. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on that? Um, so, you know, one of the things that I was mentioning around uh, like my whole maternity experience and why, mm. you know, it's been wonderful is because I've had so much flexibility because I'm the founder and CEO in, in, the, in the business. And, um, you know, I could basically do whatever I wanted. And so I think that, you know, I had a, the flexibility, not just in the sense of like, you know, going back to work progressively, um, which I actually did pretty much, you know, from week three after giving birth, mm -hmm. um, to also having the flexibility because the business is doing well to, for example, having a nanny in the office with the baby. Wow. And that was amazing. And I literally had her with me, you know, pretty much for the, the first 10 months of her life. Um, we've taken to her to, you know, we've taken her to Davos twice now. So she's not even two. She's been to Davos twice. Wow. Um, so your concerns about travel, you've made it happen. Made it happen. I mean, she's yeah. been to like Australia and like Africa. We were joking literally before year one, she had actually done all five continents. Excellent. And, uh, but you know, she's just come with us, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but I think that that's the, the point, right? Is that the, the reason I've been able to feel very fulfilled um, after giving birth is because I haven't felt like I've missed on anything. And so I could do whatever I wanted. So for example, for me, um, which, you know, is a very personal, uh, you know, reality and will vary from one person to the other. For me, actually having the baby with me as part of growing my business and not having the feeling, the restriction that I had to be six months off or a year off and then have to come back to work kind of thing um, was really what I wanted. Mm. And so um, realities that you that I found out, which I did not realize were, were real, were actually that you miss your baby physically a lot. And so um, before she came out, I thought, oh, you know, I'll just have like a nanny at home. Baby comes out and I was like, nanny's going to come with me to work. Yeah. And I want my baby next to me and I want my whole village of my team around. If nice. I'm in a meeting, they're there and they can tell me if something has gone wrong with my baby. Yeah. And so those are realities that I did not like calculate because mm -hmm. I just didn't know how it feel mm -hmm. after the baby comes out. But it's made me really... Um, even now, actually, I have her in nursery at Barbican. Our office is in Morgate, so it's like a 10-minute walk. And um, just to have her physically close, you know, like I think that that's something that we're not really factoring in very well in a lot of the maternity-paternity conversation because um, when you speak to career women, a lot of them will tell you the sacrifices they've had to make and how heartbreaking it is to leave your kid far away before a certain age. 
Um, and I think it just never changes even until they're 18. I'm sure it's tough. <laughs> yeah. But when they're babies and they can't speak and they can't say what's happening to them, I think that there is something that's almost like animal that you yeah. feel that you just want to have them close. And so I went with the argument that, you know, people bring their pets to the office and start, oh, so I'm going to bring my daughter, yeah. right? And then, <laughs> you know, the support I had from the team was fantastic. Yeah. It's actually been, like, amazing to have a right. team that never complained, you know? Some days were maybe tough in the office because maybe she was a bit cranky, but most of the time she was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, nobody ever made a comment, right? If anything, people would actually go and play with her. Like, I've had situations where... You know, I had to be in a call that was urgent and then someone from the team actually helped out because the nanny's not there or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, like they would joke, like actually when we started putting her into nursery, a lot of people from the team were like, you know, we can still keep her here because it was just fun to have her around. But obviously when the baby starts crawling, you'll see yeah, that's it not. becomes a lot harder to yeah. keep them contained in a meeting room. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that that was something that's made me really adamant that if we want women to work, we need to give them the flexibility to come back to work progressively and to have a support uh, network physically, right, for them to be able to do that. So mm -hmm. crashes at work, crashes everywhere, subsidized by the government, um, you know, from the very beginning, not just from year three. I think is something that we need to, to be really seriously talking about because um, I've just been shocked to realize the costs around you yeah, know, child care. It's, shocking, isn't it's it? just crazy. It's like, yeah. you know, ridiculously expensive. Um, and basically the government, you know, doesn't really cover anything until the kid is three. Mm -hmm. And then it's also ridiculous hours that don't really fit <clears throat> with anyone that works in yeah. a city type mm -hmm. environment. Um, so it's completely normal that women stop working to go and pick up their kids if the nursery closes at three. Mm. But I mean, these are realities that it's almost ridiculous that we're talking about anything else if logistically we don't have a setup that allows women mm. to work. Um, and unfortunately, very often the women are the ones that end up giving up because of what happens from the six months maternity to maybe taking a year to just that ending up being rolled out mm. until whenever they want to come mm. back to work even if they do, because yeah. it's so difficult. Um, so I think that it's, uh, yeah, I had a really good maternity because I did whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. I had the support of like my village, which is basically my company, and it does take a village to raise a kid. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, going back to the point, I'm like, what can we do in FinTech to support this? Um, I think that, you know, instead of, like random maternity packages, or maybe not instead, but as a, like another option that you could give is to support on childcare. Yeah. As in to basically say, you know, if you guys want to come back to work, like maybe even do a deal with like a nursery that's close by to your office and basically offer that as an option, right? Yeah. And you say, because you'd be surprised how many women want to come back to work or do one day as they progressively come back Absolutely. and just get back into it, right? Because it's tough to be alone at home with a baby. It's mm. like you feel very lonely, mm. right? And so, I mean, not all women, but I do know a lot of my girlfriends mm. that they felt quite lonely being, you know, without the support of their partner alone at home for six months. Mm. That's not the solution either. Um, and that goes to basically speaking about paternity leave as well, which should be completely shared. I mean, it's just a ridiculous environment mm. where you put the whole thing on the women and not the men. Mm. Um, and actually at the beginning, I think you need the support of both parents if it's possible and available 
you should have a man taking off, you know, a few months to help as well, because it's a journey you'll never get back. Um, at our company, we realized um, that basically when we were interviewing for women, and I've been a feminist through and through my career, um, but we were interviewing women, and I would be biased, thinking, what if they go for six months and have a kid? Because you're growing the business, you mm. want things to you know, be happening, and they could go for six months or a year, and what do you do then? And then I was thinking, if I'm thinking that, imagine how it is for a man to yeah, interview a woman. What are they thinking? Mm. And the only solution to take away that sub, you know, subconscious or conscious bias is basically to make it even. And so in our company, the, you know, we, base, we basically give you know, a lot more allowance around paternity. So you know, we allow for a few months and we try to like, adjust it with holidays where you end up uh, you know, at least being able to take two months as a man. And then you have a lot right. of flexibility around your work to support your partner. And I think that that's something, if the government was subsidizing and actually helping with that, for a business like ours that's growing and basically is an SME, we would do the full six months. But obviously now statutory leave for men is basically two weeks uh, on like 150 pounds, which is a ridiculous amount of money. There's no support from the government on maternity or paternity mm. leave, really. So you're ending up in a situation where it's just completely the companies alone on making these decisions. And not everyone can afford it unless you're like a multinational. So I think that the, the fintech community and in general, companies should be demanding a lot more subsidies from the government around this. Mm. There should be a lot more support to basically give as an option to our employees childcare that's affordable and that allows them to basically to work, right? If you have your kid next to you and you're breastfeeding, maybe you'll come back three months in, right? Because you want to actually be around people and have adult conversations and go in and out from breastfeeding to having a meeting. And I did that. I would go to a meeting and come back to the office and play with the baby. And it was amazing, mm. right? Because I felt for me, career-wise, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to feel that I was continuing to contribute to my business whilst also being a mom, mm. right? And then if someone was to take six months off or a year off, that should be fine as well. And then it should be easy for them to come back to work. Mm. The problem is that we have no setup that's fair. And so for a lot of women, um, they don't have that flexibility. Most women don't have the flexibility, right? I even believe now that like, you know, even like women that are single should be able to experience motherhood. But it's just so difficult to have a kid by yourself, let alone in two people. Like, mm. it's just, we're not set up for that. Mm. If I want to bring the baby to the city, which I we do basically every day, I have to come with my partner. Like, if not, you have to take a taxi because there's stairs everywhere. Um, physically, it's difficult, mm. right? It's just there's an assumption that we'll all be all women will be taking buses with their prams, and we're like, <laughs> well, if you're busy yeah. and you have a meeting, the last thing you're going to take yeah, is a bus in London. Yeah. So I think that all of these things, I, it's just a bit as in it becomes really, it like hits you in the face mm. when you have a kid. You realize who has designed the infrastructure in this city, and who has yeah. designed the rights around childcare and mm. parenthood it's yeah. not women yeah it's not been designed it's not, for it's us it's not women who want to continue working is it yeah. not women who want to continue working yeah. it's not been designed well for fathers that want to contribute as mm. well so a lot of this conversation i think is more us looking at ourselves as a society like looking at ourselves mm. effectively as a society and 
having a tough conversation, like a tough real conversation about the fact that, um, you know, we spend a fortune in education on women that then stop working at the prime of their career because they have a kid. And then will they ever go back to work? Mm -hmm. What does that do as a Especially cost? Especially if we're not, it's not set up to allow us to. So I'm 37 um, and I've specifically waited until this age to have my first child because I wanted to put everything, I wanted to put 10 years into Harrington Star. Yeah. So here we are at the 10th Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's exactly how I planned it. Yeah. I don't have that many years to have another child, so it'll probably be in quick succession yeah. if I can, God willing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what will that now mean for, for childcare costs? Yeah. And I think you're right. We're not set up. We're not set up for at that. At all. Um, and, and I think this is why this, this series is so important. And your honesty, like, thank you throughout this no, for being so honest. Because pleasure. We all need to, we all need to demand more. I think that's, that's really everything that you've been saying. Yeah. Like, we should all feel more confident, whether we're a CEO or a new starter in a business, say, this is what I need. And actually, the women that want to get back to work and want to be supported in how we do this, we've got to be able to talk to one another. And I know anyone listening to this now, Diana would always respond and always always have that conversation, as would I, and I'll be more knowledgeable in six months' time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but I do think that for you know women who are looking at having a family and, and being in that situation, you need to have a really like heart-to-heart -heart conversation with your bosses and your partners and yeah, the people thoughts. who are basically part of your village yeah. and like talk upfront about how they can support you. Yeah. Because I think that this is the best way for us to lobby, to redesign society in a way that's fair for everyone to yeah. have the best they want to have, right? Yeah. And I think that it's not about people wanting to work or not work or maternity leave six months or not. It's, it's just, you know, you want, the men to have six months as well to have mm. that experience and what's the whole point of being an evolved society if we mm. don't do it in a way that's fair for everyone to yeah. be the best we can and be remove that stigma as well which i am very happy to say i'm starting to see it's very few and far between yeah but the more of these types of conversations i'm yeah. having the more i'm hearing people say oh no i i know this person and he did it Whereas imagine this conversation five years ago, you wouldn't know anyone that did it. That's right. You know, so I know we're moving forward, but this is why I want, I want people to know you. I want them to know that you've set up a company for the last five years. You've also had a child and both are brilliantly successful. Thank you. Um, and that, that is a true inspiration of, of, of what you've, you've spoken about today. So thank you so much thank for that. Thank you very much. Um, so Diana, thank you so much for joining us on the maternity and paternity stories of FinTech. What a brilliant story it has been. Anyone who's got more questions for either one of us, please send them in and I'll pass them on to Diana or I'll answer them myself. Thank you for listening. Thank you.